Welcome to Life Beyond the Summit, a faith journey podcast for men. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Steve Crowdis, and Andrew and I are together here today. Um, you know, we've we've spent the last seven podcasts, Andrew, talking about primarily uh, the message you and I received as a as a youngster. I will call it a father wound. We're all familiar with the, the fact that there are wounds that we can all receive, and one is a father wound. Mine was pretty deep. And it wasn't designed so much to focus on me or to say woe is me as it is to 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 find a point of tangency with listeners, because I know that on some level, all of us have experienced something that's less than healthy. Yeah, but I'll say this, Steve, your own personal testimony, I think, goes a long way because people relate to it. Oh, yeah, sure. They, they've all felt um, a word was spoken. I know my son confessed that to me. Uh, recently that something was said to him when he was young and it stuck with him all these years. I, I know people can completely relate yeah, to absolutely. how words really wound and then they, and people can't get through it. So when they listen to your own personal testimony, they like to hear about it because it's interesting. Yeah, I know that's, that's, there's no, no doubt that's true. And I'm, again, it's not about me. It's about helping people unlock the chains that are holding them down and keeping them in a place where they feel like they're shackled. And, uh, you know, this last podcast we did, we, you had said to me that I can't remember what, what I titled it, but it was basically the notion of being, um, uh, chained and, or I don't know. <laughs> it, was, it was a chain and handcuffed. Yeah. It was, it was handcuffed and, um, and chain. I can't remember what I titled it. But yeah, but that's all right. Anyway. So, but I, what, what I want to do, I think today in this podcast is to is to give you a little bit more to think about, not specifically to me, but Andrew and I are just going to kind of generally discuss the topic a little more, and perhaps in an anecdotal way. I've been reading this book. It's called Unstuck. It's by a great guy named Arnie Cole. He happens to be the president of Back to the Bible, so he may be familiar to some of you as listeners. The subtitle is Your Life, God's Design, and Real Change. And it's a great book. I read through it, you know, parts of it two or three times. You know how that is with a good book. You can't put parts of it down. It's a couple hundred pages long, uh, but Arnie Cole and Michael Ross are the authors. But I want you to hear this. Um, This is chapter one. It begins this way. Confessions. I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I'll just read this opening because I think it's it's so true uh, for many of us can relate to this. Confessions of a Spiritual Loser is the title of the chapter. And here we go. Bad habits, addictions, a trail of broken relationships, walking up dead inside. I don't know how many times during my decade away from faith, I, Arnie, had told myself, you're just one big mess, a big time loser when it comes to any kind of relationship. At least once a day, do you personally relate to this? Do you ever regret the way important parts of your own life have turned out? Have you ever felt stuck in the muck of your, of your lousy choices? Worse, do you think that you're going nowhere spiritually? And does... Um, your very soul seem numb. And I'll bet that's the end of that reading for right now. I'll bet people can relate to it that everybody listening to this at one level or another, whether you're a man or woman, this podcast is aimed at men. Um, but I bet there isn't a soul out there listening to this podcast that can't relate to some part of that. Well, and I'll say this, Steve, even people who are doing well spiritually can relate to getting stuck. Oh, yeah. I mean, people get stuck. Uh, spiritually, they get stuck. Emotionally, they get stuck. I mean, getting stuck is a normal part of, of life. But, you know, the question is, how long have you been stuck? And has this gone yeah. on for maybe decades? Yeah, well, here's, here's another paragraph I, I'll read to you. Maybe you go to church 
or you have in the past, and you've taken part in Bible studies, you've volunteered occasionally, you do your best to live right. At day's end, though, most, much of the time, do you feel you're in a dry and parched land where there is no water? So I, I guess it's important to acknowledge this, uh, Andrew and, and audience, that we are kidding ourselves if we don't feel we have been affected or influenced by much of what we just heard Arnie speak to. Um, and, and really, he's not the only author. There are many, many, many books. There are many, many counselors. In fact, currently, because of the environment we find ourselves in globally and nationally, um, the, the strain and struggle that we're experiencing, more people are experiencing depression than almost at historic levels. The suicide rate has risen. I, I don't know. I don't want to quote the percentage of increase, but it's significant. And all of that because we are subject to what we see and what we experience on a daily basis. So the question really becomes, to the title of this book, how do we become unstuck? How do we, how do we get delivered from this cycle, even as believers? And the saddest part, the saddest commentary, of course, is for those of us that know Jesus as, as Savior— we 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 feel certain and assured of our salvation. We we feel certain and assured that we'll spend eternity with the Lord. How many of us still struggle and really are experiencing something much less than an abundant life that He's called us to experience? He says in His Word, "I've come to give life and to give it in full abundance." And so, the 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 challenge is how do we move into that abundance? And you know, one of the things I will say, Andrew, and you can jump in at any time, if you think about this. The, the reflections that Arnie shares that I just read to you out of this book and and the many more, this book is full of testimonies that are similar to Arnie's, uh, written by himself and Michael Ross. And the, the interesting um, storyline for all of us is that when you read this and you relate to it and you connect the dots to your own life, we're having to, to believe certain things on a daily basis. And Many of the things that we experience and, and believe are reinforcing what we already, it's like layer upon layer upon layer upon layer, but we are having to invest in believing those, right? I mean, you're you're, you're, so you're referring to like ungodly thoughts or bad thinking. Yeah, just the kind of thinking we just heard Arnie share in this opening paragraph of the book itself in, in this um in the Confessions of a Spiritual Loser, Chapter One of this Unstuck book. Well, many many men feel inadequate. Well, yeah, and They've, so I'm, I'm not just talking about sin. I'm I'm talking about the way that we think, the way that we process, and if we process in a way that's inadequate, is it any surprise that we have inadequate results? Really, that's what it amounts to. If if we're thinking along lines that are not healthy, they may involve overt sin, but but just thinking in a way that is less than the best about what God has said about us or about who we are. You know, I in my case it was you'll never amount to anything, right? Well if I if I invest in that thought and then surround that thought with thoughts that reinforce that, where does that lead me but to the loser position that I'm investing in when I initially heard and began to reinforce those words. The only way out of a set of a, a process of thinking is to change that thinking, right? I That's mean, it's, very true. It's it's to change the thinking. So, if we're thinking inadequately, then we need to disperse the inadequate thinking and replace it with adequate or very positive, you know, uh, reflection on 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 another way of thinking. And of course, for us as believers, 
that means that we're replacing the experience we have in this life with the Word of God, with the truth of God's Word. Uh, you know, anecdotally, in the back of this book, I'll, I'll just take you to the back of the book because it says it's, you know, we'll get to the, you know, some people read the end before they get through the beginning so they know how it ends. But here's what he says, four critical elements of spiritual growth. So at the end of the day, for Andrew and I, our perspective is spiritual. It's it's godly. We we are we believe Jesus Christ died for our sins and for us men and our salvation. So we subscribe to a biblical worldview, which includes the the, to, the totality of God's word, not just what we perceive it to be, but what it really is. So here's what he says in the back of this book. He calls it four critical elements of spiritual growth. The first one is to receive God's word. So hearing from God through the Bible is foundationally is foundational to becoming a spiritually mature person. Then number two, reflect on God's word. Well, how do we do that? We have to engage meditation and reflection on what we've read, and that will pave the way for our understanding. And number three, understanding God's word. Reading without understanding is futile. So I think these are three of the anecdotes that he speaks to. Um, he refers to this as the knowledge element. So in order to begin to experience transformation, we have to, one, receive God's word. We have to reflect on God's word, number two, and then we have to seek to understand God's word. Only then, Andrew, from my perspective, can we begin to experience the abundance that God speaks to and replace the the lies that we've been that we've belonged to and embraced and and adopted. Only then can we see ourselves through to an end that brings God's glory into our lives. But but it also, I think in large part, means that we have to we have to lower our expectation of what a day will be like in this life. You know, you said earlier, um, even before we were on the podcast, that it is amazing how many of us are exposed to others who are doing different, not necessarily better, they're different than we are. And in that difference, we may define ourselves inadequate relative to that difference. Yeah, use an example. Well, you, you mentioned, you know, it, you, you get around a guy that, you know, drives a Maserati, for example, or lives in a beautiful home, and and suddenly you find yourself, not, not you necessarily, any of us, entering some matter, measure of jealousy. Well, gosh, why don't I have that? Or could I have that? Or we're well, just feeling inadequate. And there's all sorts of ways that we do this, that we engage the notion of inadequacy. But most of it comes from measuring ourselves against another. And I would, I would make this, this general statement, and that is that to ever measure ourselves against anything but the Word of God is a mistake. And Paul says that in the Scripture. He says, don't, don't measure yourself amongst one's another. Measure yourselves in the Lord. Yeah. I mean, if, so think about this a minute. When I establish a standard based on some human aspect— uh, well, what is that? I mean, think about that. To you, it means I'm tending to what I see over what I know by faith, over what I know to be true by God's word. That this life is is a temporary place, right? Everything about it's temporary. Uh, the money system's temporary. The, the the physical system is temporary. Everything decays and breaks down and goes away. And yet we set standards that uh, that that we'd like to live up to, that we'd like to be measured by. That really, yeah, they're false I mean, measures. They're you know, false I measures. want to be, I want to be wealthy. I want the most gorgeous wife there is in the world. I want to have the most excellent kids. They all need to be doctors and lawyers. I want to have a retirement plan so I can, you know, retire at the age of fifty-five. 
Then I want to move to Florida, um, have a house in the Bahamas. It goes on and on. But those are unrealistic. I want to be the most benevolent person. I also want to be famous. I want to be known by everybody. You know, um, going back to Steve and the inadequacy, uh, Facebook, this is so it's October 2021. They just came. They've been doing an internal investigation into their own practice. And guess what they found out, Steve? You probably Mm. saw the news that their Instagram platform is doing terrific damage to young girls. Young girls probably, you know, from the age of eight all the way up to 20. So think about this, guys. You can relate it. This is about young girls, but you can probably relate to this. So they go on Instagram and Facebook, and they're seeing these um, influencers, and even beyond the influencers, who are gorgeous and perfect in all their ways, except on, you know, this is what they're showing on Instagram. And then they're going on to, and they're seeing all these other gorgeous bodies mm. doing all these amazing things near pools and oceans. And look how great, look how great her figure is. Look how tall she is. I can't believe her teeth got so white. She's got long eyelashes. She's gorgeous. And they start internalizing saying, you know, I'm, I'm pudgy. I'm short. Um, my yeah, teeth are that. crooked. Right. It goes on and on. Oh, yeah. And so remember the days of Teen Magazine and um, Seventeen? Mm-hmm. Well, girls used to go out and buy these magazines, and they'd see pretty girls. They'd also use it for advertising. My 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 story here is that, you know, if you if these girls... Now, think about this, guys, carefully. These girls are getting bombarded with images of of what they should look like, what they need to look like. It's a standard to yeah, them. According to whose standard? Yeah, according to the world's standard. Yeah. Well, how many of those images are we believing in our own lives? Mm-hmm. You know, when we go to the office, when we're at home, when we watch TV, how many of the movies that we see these actresses, you know, they have these gorgeous bodies, these actors, they're perfect in all their ways. So we've set these own standards up in our own lives and we're all disappointed. We're just naturally disappointed in ourselves and we feel waves of insecurity, like yeah. you did, Steve, yeah. Yeah. when you were growing up. I know sure. I felt those waves, waves of jealousy. Um, and uh, the the only thing that you can do to counter those thoughts is to believe and surround yourself with the Word of God and what He says about you. Mm-hmm. Because the, the world standards are... Are, are over here on one side, let's say to the right, but God's truth is contrary, and it is true. It's established. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. So we know the Word of God is pure, and it's clean, and it's 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 what we need to surround us in our thoughts on a daily basis. Mm. So there's a scripture that I love. Let me read it to you guys. I know you've heard it before. It's in Romans, um, where is that? Romans uh, 12, 2. It says, and says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed mm-hmm. by, the renewing, by the renewing or the renewal of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So it says this. Let me go through it real quick, Steve. You can add on sure. to this. And do not be conformed to this world. We are not supposed to be like the world, especially in our thoughts, our daily thoughts. But be transformed. How? How can you be transformed? By the renewing of mm-hmm. your mind. Mm-hmm. What, 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 we'll read the rest of it in more detail, but Steve, what are your thoughts on that? Well, 
goodness. I mean, I you know, it's it's funny to me. I I don't think there is a single. Um, well, I know there's not. There isn't a single um, system in place that would would uh, tackle even the emotional, the physical, or the spiritual realm that offers a solution like the Bible does. In other words, His way is perfect. the 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 Word is perfect. Uh, it's forever settled. I mean, there's all kinds of 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 support for that scripturally to to make that statement. But I don't really care what your background is, whether you're Muslim, Buddhist. Hindu, you know, or any of the many other religions or, or, or psych, psychological perspectives that are out there that lead to the sort of permanence and peace that we're going to find in the Word of God. And to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So what, what that really says to me, um, you know, as Andrew read, it starts off with, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. So the renewing of our minds again. It goes back to what we uh, we use as a yardstick or as a measuring tool to uh, to how we um, compare to others, how we compare to um, social economics or any other aspect of how we want to evaluate life. If the measure is something that's related to this world, this world we all know is temporary. You can't take any of it with you. I, I heard a pastor say once he's never been to a funeral where a hearse is pulling a U-Haul. I mean, it's just true. (laughs) None of it goes with us. And in fact, we all know many, many, many people who have left this world with with, uh, piles of cash and and piles of stash. I mean, in other words, it's just, it's the wrong measure. It is the wrong measure. And this is saying, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And really, if you ask, well, what is his will? Well, it's to know him, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, soul, strength. I mean, it's, and then to love each other, love our neighbor as we love ourselves. These are both the general will of God. And yet the the point is, I think it's so important, the renewal. Well, renewal means when it says transformed by the renewing of your mind, it suggests that our mind needs to be renewed. I mean, we, we don't think straight. We don't think clearly. When we awaken in the morning, our, our minds are focused on the things of this world and not on eternal things. You know, how many times, Andrew, have we have any of us spent a lot of time toiling over an issue or a circumstance or a concern? And then five or ten years later, you'll say, Do you remember when I when when I experienced this? And I'll say, Well, I don't remember that. I just don't remember that. Well, you know, the Bible says these momentary light afflictions are producing in us an eternal weight of glory that only works when we tend to using the proper yardstick to measure against. In other words, if, if I measure against Andrew and want to keep up with Andrew or keep up with the Joneses or whatever the case may be, that's just an improper measuring uh, tool. The tool to measure ourselves against is the eternal God. And he's found through in, in and throughout his eternal word, which is forever settled. I mean, it's, it's like, hello, this, it really is not rocket science. It right. is it is to the unrenewed mind. In other words, to the person who doesn't know Jesus, doesn't understand Jesus, hasn't been, hasn't been, um, uh, hasn't been, uh, hasn't repented, hasn't turned their life over, hasn't opened their eyes or turned their heart toward the Lord. It is toward them. It's foolishness. But to those of us that know Him, and and remain with the yardstick of a natural understanding of how to how to examine our, our uh, walk through life, we're making a, a just such a, 
it's a sad mistake to make. I mean, it's it's not where where our measure should be found. It should be found in the Word. That's exactly true. And I can tell you from my own personal testimony that the more you read the Word, the more you think differently. So, yeah. so I say that really simply. The more you read the Word, the more you think differently. Well, how does that work? I don't know. It just does. It, just it does. works. It's a supernatural event that happens over a series of months and years. Yeah. And somehow his word helps you to think properly and it's, and it, it makes you think correctly and it puts a value on things that God values and disvalues. If that's a word, is that a word Steve? disvalue devalues, devalues yeah. the things that are unimportant. I don't know. The word reads you and you read the, as you read the word, the word reads you and it's a mystery how it, you know, how it literally transform. I've said this before, that word transform means metamorphosis, like a, a, a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. So there's a change that takes place. Uh, the more I read the word, the more I change, the more I think differently. And so, um, you know, it's kind of an incentive, mm-hmm. you know, do I want to think better? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do I want yeah. to have a healthy mind? Everyone's focused on having a healthy body. Well, do I want to have a healthy mind? I think the mind's mind comes first. Or do I just want to continue this um, pattern of beating up myself and being insecure about my inadequacies and kind of looking down on what I've achieved and what I haven't achieved? And, you know, I had divorce and my, this kid doesn't like me and uh, all these problems that we have and that beat us up every day. It's like a broken record, Steve. By the way, Andrew hasn't had a divorce. <laughs> he's, he's, but it, yeah, but I haven't had a divorce, not, and I got good is, kids. But it is a broken record. It's, like, yeah. it's, like, it's like the world is like a record that beats you up daily on all of your problems. But somehow, in, a, in a, an amazing way, his word helps you to um, calibrate properly your, your thoughts and your emotions, and how to how to think according to his his thoughts and his ways. It says the way of the Lord is perfect. Well, the way of the Lord, I, I said, I thought to myself, see, it's in uh, the Psalms thirty three or something. Mm-hmm. I said, what does that mean? The way of the Lord is perfect. Well, that means when you read the when you read the Word, okay, you start to you start to see things perfectly. Mm-hmm. Because that's the mm-hmm. perfect that that's perfect, and we know his way. We know his law is perfect. So I know we beat this bush a lot, Steve, but you can't beat it enough. So I will tell you that um, back to that book, Unstuck. I was stuck for a very long time, and the way I crawled out of it, okay, was believing God that He would transform my life. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, you know, it's uh, I. Here's here's a quote from Jim Daly, the president of Focus on the Family. And and if you're a Christian listening to this, I, I, the reason I want to throw these heavy weighted names out that are really much more associated with the topic than Andrew, Andrew and I, I would say we're late people, just like those who may be listening. So we don't carry the title nor the nor the voice that some of these national uh, nationally recognized authors and or um, uh, Christian leaders do. And and the point to bringing them up and to quoting some of their material is just to say, this is support for the notion that we all struggle. And I think, you know, we don't need somebody to tell us that. We know that. But it's helpful when you hear it from 
from voices that are taller and larger than ours, bigger than life. Jim Daly, president of Focus on the Family, says, As Christians, we often talk about spiritual growth, but for many, it's a concept that remains elusive. So what, why, why is it elusive? I think the reason it's elusive is because we don't tend to seeing the truth set us free. We, we tend toward what we see. It, it goes back to, we, we live life in this realm. I, I, I don't know how to put this into words, but I really feel like I'm getting to the place spiritually where I'm living more supernatural than I am natural. I have lowered the expectations. And I'm telling you guys, I've done this because the Bible says that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against spirits and and um, powers and principalities, and powers and powers. principalities in high places. Well, wait, define define when you say lower the expectations. Get, well, get, get, well, I've I've lower. Okay, so yeah, that's an interesting question, Andrew, because I don't want to make it sound like I've become lazy and not willing to try at all. No, it's not that. It's that I have put a low sense of value in my natural experience in life. In other words, I. I expect to wake up and be disappointed in mankind and in myself in the natural, but I'm beginning to turn my heart and my mind and my thoughts and my mindset toward believing in the supernatural, believing in what God's word says, believing in the truth of who he says I am. Um, The the, the notion, again, I I hate to keep repeating it, but Galatians 2.20, we're called to a life that, that we disappear from, and he, we decrease and he increases. And as he, well, Galatians 2.20 is no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life I live on, I live by faith in the Son of God, not by faith in Andrew, not in faith, not by faith in my wife, not in, not by faith in myself, not in faith in my works or my job or my profession or my material possessions, my home, my car, not by faith in anything but God alone. And I this is true. And I'm Andrew, since he knows me well, would 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 testify to this that he really does see where my life is becoming more spiritual than it is natural. I'm still in the natural, but I put little value on the natural. And I think that's what Jim Daly's saying here when he says it remains elusive. Spiritual growth remains elusive. Why? Because I think that what most people do is we are focused on what we see horizontally instead of looking to the heavens and viewing life from a vertical perspective. Oh, Steve, when you say you put little value on what you, on uh, the things of the natural, are you saying that you're putting less value on Steve succeeding in a certain area? Yeah, I would say, well, I want to succeed spiritually, but I'm not so worried about whether or not I have a bundle of money or a boatload of this or a boatload of that. And I'm also not so worried about what, frankly, Andrew, my co-host, or anybody else says. I, I view them from, a, from a, a lower level of expectation. We are all sinners. We are all broken human beings. We are all uh, weighed down by the natural experience of this life. And how do we overcome that weight, that burden? Well, we have to take our eyes off of a horizontal perspective and put it in a vertical position to where we can view things from an eternal perspective. You know, it, the Bible says that eternity is written into our hearts. Mm-hmm. There's a scripture that says that I'm not quoting exactly right, but I feel like what's happening in my life is that I'm becoming more aware of the eternal. Well, but what do you say about, like, what do you say about, about a successful the, businessman? 
He's he's successful. He's very well, well no known. Problem. No problem. Yeah, I don't, I don't, don't think you're saying that's bad. I no, think... I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying don't let that become the sole definition. Don't let that become your identity. Our identity is 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 buried in the heart of Jesus. Right. It, it's it's our identity is crucified with Christ. So it's no longer I live, but Christ who lives in me. I think, I think you can be successful, but it's having the proper perspective about everything said and everything done. So that it's all done, it's all said and done for the glory of God. I agree. And if it doesn't come to us that way, then then we then we have the shield of faith to ward off whatever. In other words, if if someone says something rude or or whatever else to me, I put low a low expectation on anything but that happening. It's not I, I don't want to set the conversation up to get assaulted verbally, but if they assault me verbally, I, I love this. I love what Jesus said on the cross. Lord, forgive them, for they know not but, what they but do. But back to Romans. Um, it's having a heavenly perspective. But back to Romans. You you feel like you're you have gone through a metamorphosis or a transformation of the renewing of your mind, and this has been going on for quite a few years. And you're getting stronger in the Lord, and you're actually proving what His will is. Yes, and what is yeah. correct and truthful. You're living that out, and so. Um, it's not that success is bad. I think God actually wants us to be very successful, but the, your 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 heart is now moved uh, from you know how much how big a business I can have and how successful I can be can can be to what does the Lord want me to accomplish? Who 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 do you who do you want me, Lord, to talk to today? How can I help this guy or this marriage, or how can I be a blessing to the body of Christ? It's it's like so. I just say that you know your your whole intention and your goals have changed. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, you know, and I'd say the greatest success. I I think if we if we want to talk about how God might view success, I think it would be as I stated to love Him with everything in us. In other words, if if He's the highest measure of success, and we pursue Him with all that's in us. Whatever falls to the left or right along the way is fine. Whether we, whether we, um, uh, whether we abase or abound, you know, I think we're 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 in peace because we found the perfect peace, as is only found in Him. You know, I'm just looking at a thing online here, Andrew. Uh, three ways to spiritually uh, become spiritually minded: one, fill your mind with the Spirit's words, which is literally the Holy Spirit and His Word, the Word itself. Ask for the Spirit's help and practice the presence of the Spirit every day. So the spirit we're referring to, obviously, is the Holy Spirit that, that is allowing the Lord to fill our minds. And how do we do that? We get a we we discover a love for His Word, um, and we we uh, and if we don't have a love for His Word out of the starting block, I think we just have to pursue it. You know, it, it it's like anything else. No, nothing that is worth pursuing is easy to get to. He never said, you know, he talks about a broad a broad path and a narrow gate, mm-hmm. and and uh, Jesus does and. So this is a getting to this place of revelation of deep revelation is something that comes through the renewal, the washing of the water of the word, the renewal, the continuance of of standing in his presence. I mean, initially when I got saved, just like with you, Andrew, ninety nine percent of my my heart was filled with what I had experienced to that point. One percent was now this newfound relationship with God. Well, over time, those percentages need to flip to where we become ninety nine percent his. And one percent of our natural experience. In other words, we're so consumed with who He is. The only way to get there, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Uh, there, there's just no way, no way to 
to resolve the the issues that we're talking about today or that we've talked about in the past. Some it, people are dealing with some heavy issues. Oh, too. I know. We're and talking again, like suicidal thoughts, addictions, uh, failures in marriages. I oh, mean, yeah. these are heavy, heavy things that I know some guys gone through that and they beat themselves up for years over it. I know a guy in particular who got di- well, divorce alone will crush you. Oh my gosh. It'll I crush you. The divorce rate. It's it's equal in the church to that. that yeah, no, that's a pretty church. bad indictment that's equal that's to the church. That's a terrible indictment. It it really means that we the the reason I believe, Andrew, that this all remains elusive, to use the words of Jim Daly, focus on the family. It remains it remains elusive because we're not tending to it. We're not sewing into the right things. We are living horizontally rather than vertically. Well, people and need to make the time, Steve. They got to make the time. I and mean, unless we're willing to turn our hearts, our eyes, and our thoughts to the Lord. Well, how much time do people need to devote? Well, I, obviously, that's that's a very you know a very uh, individual thing. Yeah, it's a very objective. Th- it's it really should be subjective. Yeah, we're not trying so. Let's not lay out a formula. There's yeah, there's not a no form- formula here. The no. beautiful thing about Christianity is everyone wants to make it into formula. Formulas fail. I, I got to tell How you, much, for me, yeah. oh gosh, I just I, I, I probably spend in some form of meditation, and I'm not. This is no brag. It's just true. And let me let me explain what I mean by that. That means that even when I'm walking into a store, or I'm driving the vehicle, or I'm, or I'm on my job sites, you know, doing what I do for a living, I am constantly thinking of the Lord. Constantly, I, I would tell you for me, in a very uh, in a very direct way, in a non-distracted way, probably about three hours a day. In some a, people, in a so but some way. people will say that's weird. Well, that's so be it. That's what that's where I am, and as a result of it, I believe I'm becoming more spiritual minded than I am. But you didn't start out. Minded. You didn't start out. No, that no, way. no, no. It took time. That's why I say it's initially. If I was one percent into him, because it was, I I went from being a total non-believer to be becoming a believer instantly with my confession of faith. So 1% of me, let's say, was his. Mm -hmm. I had to learn how to let go of the 99% that I wanted control of. And over time, I I would say today, I I feel like I'm probably, you know, uh, it it sounds (laughs) proud to even say it, but I feel like I'm probably 85% his, you know, and the, the part that you might say, well, why aren't you 100%? You're talking about all this stuff yeah. like you want it to be 100%. Well, I still struggle like all of us do with the lies. I, it's a constant um, a combative deal. The, the, that's why I think Jim Daly says it remains elusive. Well, I, I, let me say this, that there's some very busy guys out there who don't have three hours who have constant pressures during the day. We're not trying... Oh, yeah. No, no, no. We're, yeah, wait, hold on. We're not trying to... We're not trying to, um, you know, overwhelm you saying, well, I got to get to three hours. I'm at zero right now. That's really not the point we're making. The point we're making is that Steve has developed his faith and, and you know, he's probably got a little bit more free time than a lot of people. I guess what I'm saying is, is that if you're at zero or negative one <laughs> or you, do, you haven't read the Bible for a year, which I can tell you, there's probably plenty of people who are like that given up on the Bible, given up on, you know, we're not trying to tell you that uh, the only way to be successful is is to meditate and think about God's word for two or three or four or five hours a day. What we're saying is, is test the word, read the word, prove the word, go under your own metamorphosis or your own transformation yeah. process. Just give it a, give it a go. Give it a go. 
and do do what you think is best. There's a lot of motivation for giving it a go, if I can use that word, because God will God will help you. He'll help He'll help you change, and you'll have a greater life. Uh, things things around you will be different. Thinking thinking like the Word and being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Thinking like the Word thinks, not like the world thinks. So thinking like the Word thinks versus thinking like the world is much more peaceful. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. Much more, much more peaceful life. More com- you become more confident, and yeah. you you it just it just it just, sure. it just it just it's just a much better walk. Well, you begin to I I I feel like you begin to enter into the place where Jesus spoke to a peace of past all understand. He says, "My peace I give you. My peace I leave with you." You know, there were a lot of things he could have said in place of that word, but that's what he really focused on. That's what he 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 left with us. That's what he gave us, and so it's a it's a function of how do I. How do I achieve that peace? And for me, when I talk about three hours, you know, the Bible says to meditate on the word day and night. Well, that doesn't mean that we can't do our work while we're part of this. Part of that time for me, it's not three dedicated hours. There, there are portions of that three hours that are very dedicated, but but most of it is is an accumulative effect of, of meditating on, thinking of him constantly and meditating on, on his word day and night. And not necessarily reviewing scriptures, but even thanking him for who he is and thanking him for opportunities and looking for opportunities. Just, in other words, having on the forefront of our mind uh, our relationship with him and how he desires to be everything to us. Before anything, he wants to be number one. And if we if we can drive ourselves toward that end, um, I think all of us will find great success in a relationship with him that is truly unstuck and that is no longer elusive it, but it it takes an an active means of participation M- remember a relationship is time and proximity among other things and and it's and it's being inspired and it's yes. being connected to him you just can't get a relationship one maybe one last thing i'll say as we wrap up or prepare to wrap up this particular um episode i mean let's think of our wives any of us that feel like we're distant from our wives, why? What, what, why are we distant from our wives? Well, it's because they'll say, you don't spend enough time with me. Yeah, they haven't. the men right? haven't invested in their relationship if with their wives. If we're not investing in a relationship with our wives, is it any wonder that our minds are wandering? And is it any wonder that our wives are maybe upset with us because we've we've made life about all things but them? How many, I mean, I, I can't tell you many guys, I, I've been guilty of this too, Andrew. You know, we win the prize, we get the engagement ring on their finger, and suddenly we become couch potatoes. You know, we, we, we're we no longer, we've won the prize. We're, you know, right. men are men are hunters, right? <laughs> and so when we go out and we, 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 we achieve what our objective was, we're done. We kind of settle into something different. And how many women have married a man and then felt like, this isn't the guy I thought I married? And I'm not saying they want to leave him, but that means that the man is, has let his wife down because he's not measured up to the expectation that he himself at some point established. So is it any wonder? It's no different. It really, it's absolutely no different. If we want a relationship with our wives or with our friends, there has to be that time and proximity. We've got to invest in it. And it's the same way with the Lord. There, there's no replacement for time and proximity. we got to get before him in, in a private space or whatever it takes We've got to find time to spend it with him. 
And that really is the way to no longer experience an elusive spiritual relationship. It's just going to take time. So we have to take our eyes off of what we see horizontally. And, and we have to peer into the guys, into the heart and the eyes of Jesus. And, and the only way to do it is as we've spoken to. That's right. So anything else, Andrew, you want to say on this particular podcast? Um, no, I think you, you hit it. I mean, do, do for people listening are like, hey, I want, to, I want to get going with God again. I want that relationship I had when I was saved. Just pray. Pray, Lord, show me, you know, we should pray now, really, Steve, that, that the guys on this, let's just pray that, well, that go ahead, people Andrew. in the audience who are listening to this podcast, whether it's on, you know, today in October or in a year or six months or whatever, we pray that you would help these men get started in doing small things in the morning, during the afternoon, and that those small things would become greater things, that they would put time into this, mm-hmm. that you need to invest in. You've invested everywhere else, you know, into your job and into your kids and your wife, hopefully, but invest into God. So God, give them ways, uh, help them, Mm -hmm. give them, Mm -hmm. give them the power to do this and teach them how to do it and persevere doing it Mm -hmm. daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly. And let it become, you know, something that you dedicated your life to in 2021 and you've been doing it ever since. So I pray that 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 God reveals those those ways that you can get closer to him in Jesus name. Mm-hmm. So you guys, until next time, uh, we just pray you keep the faith. Thank you Andrew for the prayer and uh we'll catch you on the next podcast of Life Beyond the Summit, a faith journey podcast for men. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for listening to the Life Beyond the Summit podcast. For more information, visit our website at lifebeyondthesummit.com.